Some like it hot and some sweat when the heat is on. And we're going to talk about NFL running back depth charts. Let's talk about all 32 teams and we're going to condense it all into one short video. We are going to start with the Arizona Cardinals situation here. When last time we saw the Cardinals, they ran the ball 496 times for just over 2,000 yards. Most of that, thanks in part to James Conner. Now, the Cardinals averaged 4.2 yards per carry and had 23 rushing touchdowns on the ground. Again, thank you, James Conner, who comes in as the number one running back on the Arizona Cardinals depth chart. Now, right behind James Conner comes Eno Benjamin. He was a darling for a lot of people in the drafts a few years back. Hasn't really had an opportunity to really do much. We know that Chase Edmonds is, has been there in the past. Kenny and Drake years before that. So Eno Benjamin is looking to get that opportunity as the number two running back in Arizona. Behind him, there's really not a whole lot to talk about yet. There's Keontae Ingram there. He came over through the draft. And there's also a young man named Jonathan Ward who has some talent that you don't want to quite turn your back on yet. Now, talent doesn't make anything. Opportunity is what makes it. And right now, this is James Conner's backfield. I mean, you're talking about a bell cow type back here in James Conner. Proved it last year. Expect Arizona to give him a majority of the touches again here in 2022. Let's take a look at another team that maybe doesn't have a whole lot going on for it here in the running back depth chart here, so to speak. And that is the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, basically, they converted a wide receiver into a running back. And that is Cordero Patterson, who is right now, you guessed it, their number one running back heading into the 2022 season. Now, they had 393 rushing attempts there last year, mostly because, hey, when you're playing from behind, it's hard to get ahead. It's hard to get that run game going. But, hey, they still ran for 1,451 yards, 3.7 yards per carry, and had 11 touchdowns. Behind Patterson's where it gets kind of interesting because coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chicago Bears, that whole time there, Damian Williams. We know that he can run the ball well when given an opportunity to do so. He did it in the Chiefs playoff run there a few years back. So you cannot quite discredit what he's been able to do. And then rookie Tyler Algier, he's coming over out of BYU there. And this kid has some talent. A lot of people right now, a lot of fantasy enthusiasts think he could be the back in Atlanta when the dust settles after these training camps take off. And again, rounding out the top four, Quadre Olson. He's still there in Atlanta, another name. Fantasy purposes, you could probably forget about him for now. Let's talk about another type of bird here. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens backfield. And we got to start that off by talking about they are finally going to be healthy, knock on wood, heading into 2022. Things are promising for them. Lamar Jackson, running quarterback, picking up all kinds of yards on the ground. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. That didn't quite materialize last year. They were kind of stuck going with a Tyson Williams, Devontae Freeman. I mean, Latavius Murray, he had some run there last year. When we look at these Ravens, 517 rushing attempts. You know the Ravens are going to want to run the ball. That's what they do. 2,479 rushing yards on the ground. But look, the big thing here, 18 touchdowns. Yes, 18 touchdowns. Now, that's got to go somewhere. Why not J.K. Dobbins? If J.K. Dobbins doesn't get the job done because you know he gets used in the passing game. His yards per carry, yards per touch is absolutely one of the best among all running backs in the National Football League. But then there's my guy, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards will never not be my guy, but he's a guy you cannot discredit either. He's a guy that when given an opportunity to do so, he can carry a backfield on his own. Now, rounding up three and four, you got Mike Davis. He's coming over from the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, this time, we were hyping Mike Davis up as a guy in Atlanta. That did not go well. In fact, he didn't really do anything. He did squat, and a lot of people used in fantasy. Third, fourth round draft capital to put him on their team. 
didn't work out so well for him. And then number four here, you have the rookie, Tyler Batty there, a guy to keep an eye on here. Does a lot of things electric with the ball in his hands. If given the opportunity to do so, I think he will replace Mike Davis as the RB3 after training camp dust, dust settles. Moving over to the Buffalo Bills. Hey, you can circle the wagon all you want. This is going to be another interesting thing. Devin Singletary, he is there. He's returning. Zach Moss, he is there. However, in between both Singletary and Moss comes the rookie out of Georgia, James Cook. He is getting a lot of play here as of late here. A lot of teams out there, rookie drafts. He's going in the top 10 picks overall. I'm not quite sold on him. Is he a running back? Is he a receiver? What is his role going to be for the Bills? I don't know. So right now, he becomes the RB2 in between Singletary and Moss. And then you've still got Duke Johnson. He's kind of kicking around there as the RB4 in Buffalo for a team who ran the ball 461 times for 2,209 yards and 20 touchdowns last season. Their biggest problem, they couldn't break away two runs of over 40-plus yards. The big play threat isn't there, but when you got Josh Allen, hey, you don't really need much of a running game. Talking about animals, the animal kingdom here, running backs, you got to talk about perhaps the best all-around fantasy running back in the game today. All around, no, not the best running back, but the best pass catcher. He does everything. Christian McCaffrey, again, another running back who we haven't had a lot of opportunity to see the last couple of seasons due to injuries. Now, when we look at the Panthers, Chuba Hubbard there, he came in big last year for the Panthers. But the numbers, they weren't there. 455 attempts, that's not bad. Look, 1,842 yards, 17 touchdowns for the committee there that was in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey, he's back. Chuba Hubbard, he's going to be number two. But where it's interesting is the number three back here, Donta Foreman. We know McCaffrey's had issues staying healthy. Donta Foreman could be a sneaky play for you moving into 2022. And rounding out the top four there, Spencer Brown. Nothing to see here, folks. I'll be honest with you. At least not yet. Moving on to the Chicago Bears. Oh, man, Bears fans, I really feel for you here. I really was hoping they put some pieces together for Justin Fields to work with. Hey, you got David Montgomery, who is one of the most underrated running backs in the entire National Football League. You know I'm a big David Montgomery fan. But we look at this last season for the Bears, 475 attempts, 2,018 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, and they had 14 touchdowns. Again, the big play threat, though, was not there. One touchdown over 40 yards. That's not really David Montgomery's game. And you know, they didn't have Tyreek Cohen. And, hey, you know what? Tyreek Cohen, he isn't the guy who can make plays happen. But he just popped his Achilles training while filming on Instagram. Man, I feel for this guy. This guy has overcome so much in his career. I, I hope the best for Tyreek Cohen. But now when we look at this depth chart for the Bears, David Montgomery, checkmark, good player. Khalil Herbert, we know if Montgomery goes down, Herbert is a guy who can – be relevant for your fantasy football squads. Now, behind those two, you're looking at Darrington Evans coming over from the Tennessee Titans, and then Tristan Edner, the rookie there. Is he going to have value this year? I'm going to say no. Who's a better value right now than Cincinnati Bengals running back? Joe Mixon. Yes, Joe Mixon, one of my favorite running backs, top five heading into 2022, according to my rankings. If you're checking out the heat check, you know he's coming in hot, bright red, no more, no less. Hey, the Bengals ran 435 times last year for 1,742 yards. That was all Joe Mixon. He got all the play there. So you can forget about Samaj P. Ryan there at number two, Chris Evans at three, Trevion Williams at four. This is Joe Mixon's backfield. 
The Cleveland Browns, we know they like to run two running backs all the time. You've got yourself some Nick Chubb. you got yourself some Kareem Hunt. I am interested in what Jerome Ford is going to do because he will be the eventual replacement to Kareem Hunt. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, but when. And then, you know, Dearness Johnson, running back four, he can come in there and he can give you some pretty solid weeks if asked to. He did it last year. Is among the Browns, 485 carries last year. He did have a portion of that. 2,471 rushing yards for the Browns to go along with 20 touchdowns. Moving along to the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, I knock Zeke as much as anybody, okay? Truth of the matter is, in the last couple of seasons, there has not been very many running backs who have put together 1,000-yard seasons and 10-plus touchdowns, and Zeke Elliott is in that category with maybe two, three other running backs. So in Dallas, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, you've got Tony Pollard, you've got Jaquin Hardy, and you've got Rico Dowdle, who could be a little bit of a sleeper here to move forward because if injuries do take place to Pollard and Elliott, Dowdle is a guy I really, really like heading into 2022. Definitely a guy to stash on your rosters because we know the Cowboys, hey, they like to run the ball. They like they throw the ball. They've got a good offense there. 2,119 rushing yards last year, 4.5 yards per attempt to go along with 15 touchdowns. Speaking of dual backfields, you've got the Denver Broncos with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon coming back this year. Melvin Gordon had to wait a little bit longer before he got that contract from the Broncos, but you know these guys can work in tandem. Last year, 2,025 yards on the ground for the Broncos, pretty much splitting the yards, splitting the 455 touches, 16 touchdowns. So who's there behind Javante Williams? Who's there behind Melvin Gordon? Well, let me tell you right now, Mike Boone and Damari Crockett. These are two guys that are there that are not going to get an opportunity unless one of the other two backs goes down. And even if that happens, I really think that both running backs would have to go down before Boone and Crockett get an opportunity to play. Now, the Detroit Lions. When we're talking about Detroit here, you got to talk about DeAndre Swift. That's where it all starts. 1,886 rushing yards, 427 carries. DeAndre Swift was hurt for a majority of last season. So they had to rely on a bit of a committee there. Jamal Williams, Matt, one of my favorite running backs in the National Football League, more for his press, uh, press conferences afterwards. He's there. You know he can be an RB1 for you from week to week when given an opportunity. We saw Craig Williams. He stepped up last year. He had a couple big weeks. And Jamar Jefferson, he's the RB4 there in Detroit. Now, moving along here, talking about the Green Bay Packers. you got Aaron Jones. you got A.J. Dillon. Those guys are there. You know what they can do. Behind them, Kylan Hill and Tyler Goodson. Kylan Hill's a guy I would like to see get an opportunity to do something with. But when you've got A.J. Dillon, you've got Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to get the ball on the ground. He's going to catch the ball in the air. And right now, uh, the Green Bay Packers wide receiver situation, I would not be surprised if you see Aaron Jones get a lot more play in the passing game. A.J. Dillon get more involved in the run game. 1,900 rushing yards, 4.3 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns. That's how it broke down for the Packers in 2021. Is there a better opportunity for a rookie to take over a backfield than there is in Houston right now? Now, I know a lot of people are going to be overhyping this rookie, Damian Pierce. It's going to happen, especially when you've got Marlon Mack there at the RB1, in my opinion. Pierce kind of comes in number two. Rex Burkhead is number three. You got two veteran running backs kind of encompassing that Houston Texans backfield and rounding it out there at the number four RB heading into the offseason here, Royce Freeman. Now, the Texans, they're not a good team, at least not right now, but it's not to say they don't have some good pieces around. They're not to say they didn't do some good things. Uh, I really love Davis Mills. I think he's going to do some big things next year. Brandon Cooks opens up 
everything underneath for these running backs because uh, Cooks is one of the most underrated wide receivers and teams know who Cooks is and they have to respect what he can do in the passing game. So that's going to open opportunities up for these Texans running backs in 2022. The Indianapolis Colts. I mean, we could run off these numbers. 499 attempts, 2,540 rushing yards, 5.1 yards per carry. Thank you, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. We talked about Ezekiel Elliott as being one of those guys with 1,000 yards back-to-back, 10-plus touchdowns back-to-back. Jonathan Taylor is also in that category. And besides Taylor, there's really no one else to pay attention to in Indianapolis here. You got Naeem Hines. You got Philip Lindsay, who was just brought over. Uh, Devontae Price, he's there, the rookie. None of these guys are a threat to Jonathan Taylor. Marlon Mack cut into Taylor last year a little bit, but that's not happening here in 2022. Just forget about it. Taylor is notorious for getting off to slow starts. After week four, he usually turns up the heat. Expect that heat to be turned up right off the get-go as soon as kickoff starts week number one. Speaking of heat, it is hot in Duval County where the Jacksonville Jaguars backfield looks good, then doesn't look good, then looks good, and then it doesn't look good. Hey, you got Travis Etienne, you have James Robinson. That is a good one-two punch. But guess what? Neither one of them have been healthy. Neither one of them have had an opportunity to get on the field at the same time as one another. Now, 392 carries, 1,755 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. Again, a good portion that came from James Robinson with Carlos Hyde factoring a little bit last year. Etienne missed the entire season due to injury. Now, towards the end of the season, James Robinson, his Achilles popped. So we don't know what his recovery looks like at this point. So what does that mean for the Jacksonville Traguars? You got James Robinson, who's coming off the IR, who I don't expect to be ready off the get-go. Uh, Raquel Armstead, whatever happened to him last year, I don't know. And then you got Snoop Connor out of Ole Miss. Now, Snoop Connor, he's a guy that maybe, maybe you roll the dice on. Maybe he's a guy worth stashing because we don't know how Travis Etienne is going to look here at the beginning of the season. I think he's going to look good. I have every belief that he's going to look good. But hey, you don't know. James Robinson, we don't know his story yet going into if he's going to be ready for training camp. And even if he is, we've seen Cam Akers with the Rams. It takes a little bit of time to get yourself ready to roll. Speaking of Cam Akers, we're going to go with the Los Angeles Rams, who did use a little bit of a committee last year. They mixed in a little bit of Akers. They mixed in a little bit of uh, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson. Well, Sony Michelle's gone. Daryl Henderson, he's still there. So you got Akers, you got Henderson. That's the one-two punch there in L.A., and then you've got Kyrene Williams drafted out of Notre Dame. And Jake Funk, we brought the Funk. Yeah, He's there again. Funk, I'm not going to worry about him. Kyrene Williams, not going to be worried about him. Maybe he's worth a stash, maybe not. This truly is Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson's backfield. I really do believe that they want to give Cam Akers every opportunity to run the ball, every opportunity. So I think those touches for Daryl Henderson are going to be limited, and he's going to have to try to make the most out of the limited touches that he gets in order to get more touches. Last year, 420 touches went to the running backs in the run game for 1,683 yards. We know the Rams are going to pass. Hey, they've got Cooper Cup. they got Van Jefferson. they got Allen Robinson. Who knows? They'll probably end up getting Odell Beckham Jr. before it's all said and done as well. But we know Stafford wants to throw the ball. But, hey, maybe we get some love out of Cam Akers. I mean, he's going off the boards right now. ADP is about RB15 as fantasy is concerned. The Los Angeles Chargers. Austin Eckler. Isaiah Spiller coming out of Texas A&M. He's there at the number two. Larry Roundtree at number three. And then you've got Josh Kelly there coming at RB4. This is Austin Eckler's backfield. I mean, he is one of the best running backs in the game, especially if you're talking from a fantasy perspective here. There is not very many that are better at doing what he does than him. 423 yards rushing, 1,834 yards on the ground, 4.3 yards per carry, 18 touchdowns. That is what the Chargers did as a team. 
I expect that number to kind of increase a little bit as Austin Eckler gets himself right. And I think he's going to play a full season here, but Hey, I'm just speculating. Now the Kansas city chiefs, here's an interesting team here altogether, especially when we talk about this running backfield. We look at what they did last year, 431 carries 1955 yards, 4.5 yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. Damian Williams, he's long gone. Daryl Williams, they didn't bring him back. So now you are literally down to Clyde edwards Hilaire. This is a make-or-break type season for edwards Hilaire. I don't really see that much of a competition pushing him this year. you got Ronald Jones, who does running the ball really well, but he doesn't do a whole lot outside of that well at all. So I wouldn't expect Ronald Jones to cut too much in to what Clyde edwards Hilaire is going to be for his piece of the pie. But looking at these other, Derek Gore, he got an opportunity last year. He did some things that were good. And then you've got Isaiah Pacquiao there out of Rutgers, another rookie running back, kind of occupying that fourth spot there on the depth chart. The Las Vegas Raiders. You've got yourself a good running back there in Josh Jacobs, a guy who's going to flirt with 10-plus touchdowns every season, 1,000 yards on the ground every season. He got involved in the passing game a little bit more last year because of injuries to guys such as Kenyon Drake, who currently occupies the number two spot. They did draft Zamir White out of Georgia. He'll be the RB3 to start off the season. And then Brandon Bolden is there and Britton Brown. Those are a couple other running backs kind of battle out that number four spot there for the Raiders, who last season, last season had 414 attempts, 1,617 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. That has to improve, not only for the Raiders to have success, but for fantasy managers to have success in this Raiders run game. Now, the Miami Dolphins, they rebuilt this entire backfield here from last season. I mean, Miles Miles Gaskin, he's still there, I guess, but he gets pushed way back on this depth chart, probably because the Dolphins only had 1,568 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns, averaging 3.5 yards per attempt. What does this Dolphins backfield look like now? Well, it looks like Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert, they're going to battle out for that RB1 role. I think what's all said and done, I like myself some Sony Michelle. We saw what he was do- did last year for the Rams. So Sony Michelle is a guy who I'm taking late in drafts right now. One of those free kind of plays here. I think he's the guy to the to take here in this Dolphins backfield. Mostly because I think guys like Chase Edmonds and Reem Mostert are going to go well before him in your fantasy drafts. So something to keep in mind, Sony Michelle may give you better bang for your buck a little bit later. Chase Edmonds, hey, they're going to pay him as a top-type running back. They're paying him as an RB1, but I don't think that's what his role is. I think he's still going to be a pass-catching back. I don't think he's going to get those carries between the 20s. I don't think that's Chase Edmonds' game. And for Raheem Mostert, he's interested because he is familiar with this offense right now. So he could get him, but he can also get hurt very quickly. We've seen Mostert battle those injuries last few seasons. So for me, Sony Michelle will end up being the top back out of this backfield. And then you got Miles Gaskin there. He's kind of been demoted to RB4. Next up on our breakdown here, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings last season, 449 attempts, 1,930 yards, 4.3 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. Hello, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. One of the best one-two punches in the National Football League. Delvin Cook and the Vikings. Hey, the Vikings like to make you a bell cow back. But if Delvin Cook goes down, Madison automatically puts himself in that RB10 to RB14 range each and every single week. Now, behind those two, you've got Kenny Nwangwu there. He's going to be there. And Ty Chandler out of North Carolina via Tennessee. Another rookie running back occupying, guess what? That RB4 spot. So we're seeing a lot of rookie running backs kind of slide into RB4 territories on their team's depth charts. Now, the New England Patriots, hey, they love themselves some Damian Harris. There's no secret about it. 
You could talk about how much more talented Ramondra Stevenson is, but guess what? The Patriots, they're not going to hear it. That's all white noise to them. It, they, it's not going to even face them. Damian Harris is their running back. And quite frankly, if you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective, he is being disrespected because he's going to get those goal line carries. It's going to happen. No matter how you slice it, no matter what it looks like at the end of the day, no matter how much you love Ramondre Stevenson, this is Damian Harris's backfield. I'm sorry, I'll say it. The Patriots, 2,151 yards on the ground last year, 4.4 yards per carry, 24 touchdowns. Heck, this is a team that basically threw the ball three times one game and said, hey, watch this. Now, I mentioned Harris. I mentioned Ramondre Stevenson. What's it look like behind them? James White, he's coming back from an injury. He missed all of last season, so he's going to be in there in the passing game as well. And then you also have Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State, another rookie in that RB4 territory. Talking about, let's go to the big easy here. Let's talk about the Saints backfield. Hey, Alvin Kamara, he is the RB1 for now. Now, there's some illegal stuff, some stuff off-season stuff that kind of caught up with him a little bit. We'll see how that shapes up. But for now, he is the RB1 there for the New Orleans Saints. A team that ran the ball 510 times for 1,991 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, and only 12 touchdowns. So that's something that's going to drastically need to be improved here heading into the season. And for the Saints, Mark Ingram, you know he's an oldie, but he's a goodie. He can definitely carry a team in the event that Alvin Kamara goes down. He's done it. He's done it in the past. Then you've got Tony Jones, who got some run last year. He slides into the RB3, and guess what? I'm going to stick another rookie there in the RB4, and that's Abram Smith out of Baylor. I love this guy. I think he's an underrated running back. I had him a lot higher in my rookie rankings than maybe most NFL teams did. So, hey, Abram Smith, another dartboard type guy that you want to take a throw out a little bit later if you're looking for players to stash. The New York Jets kind of surprised a lot of people making Brees Hall the selection for them there when they had Michael Carter doing some pretty good things last season. Now this this team here right now, the Jets, they've had a tough strength of schedule, not only for quarterbacks, not only for wide receivers, for her running backs as well, as far as fantasy is concerned, heading into 2022. Now, they only had 1,667 yards on the ground, but they did manage 4.4 yards per carry. This is another one of those situations where the Jets found themselves trailing a lot of games, so they got into more of a passing script. But, hey, Michael Carter, he slides into number two. Brees Hall's at number one. I think I don't think Brees Hall's going to completely take over this backfield. I think Carter's going to get a little bit of play there to kind of cut into those touches a little bit. After that, you got Tevin Coleman. you got LaMichael Pirine. Sorry, I really don't see either one of those really factoring in at any point next season. Now we got the New York football Giants. 419 carries last year, 1,688 yards, eight touchdowns. They lost my, uh, Saquon Barkley for a good chunk of the season. That is definitely going to hinder your offense one way or the other. They battled injuries at the wide receiver position. They battled it at the quarterback position. Hey, this Giants offense was a mess right from the get-go last year, and it's not because they didn't have talent, because the injury bug absolutely kicked them in the backside. Now, when you look at these, these Giants here, you've got Saquon Barkley. He's got that number one spot. Devontae Brookler, Booker was not brought back. So you're looking at Matt Breida. Gary Brightwell and Joshua Corbin as the next three running backs behind Barkley. This is telling me that they believe Barkley is going to be full go this season. Expect a heavy workload. And hey, when you look at these, Brita, Brightwell, not guys that really scare me. So Joshua Corbin is a guy that, hey, you know what? Another dartboard kind of guy, another diamond stash kind of dude. So Corbin for me is a stash, but hey, this is Barkley's backfield. No question about it. Now let's head to the city of brotherly love. Let's talk about the Eagles because they have one of the toughest schedules for running backs heading into 2022. I think it ranks at like 
number 29 overall. I think the Jets, we just talked about that. I think they're at 31, 32. But the Eagles have not. Last year, we know they wanted to run the ball. They were able to run the ball with a lot of success. They brought in A.J. Brown to complement Devonta Smith. Jalen Hurts, he's a running quarterback who can throw the ball a little bit here and there. I think they're su- supporting Hurts with a solid uh, duo of wide receivers to get this passing game kick-started because Miles Sanders just hasn't been that guy. I mean, given opportunities, when he's been given the workload, he's put the production together. However, for some reason, they don't want him to produce. I don't know how to explain to you better than that. Kenneth Gainwell there, he's the RB2. Boston Scott, he comes in number three. And I love myself some Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma. This is a guy that if he didn't get hurt, Trey Sermon probably never gets an opportunity to do what he does. Okay, let's be honest here. Kennedy Brooks got hurt because of his 40 time. I don't care if you can run fast. I'm happy if you get four or five yards per carry. I'm more than happy with that. And Kennedy Brooks is the kind of guy that can get you some work done in a short period of time. For the Eagles, I mentioned these. 2,715 rushing yards, 4.9 yards per carry, 25 touchdowns. So you know they can run the ball, but I think we're transitioning to a more of a passing offense in Philadelphia this year. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a one-man show here. Let's be honest. You look at the numbers from last year. Gone is Ben Roethlisberger. Now, who's going to be the quarterback? You're either going to get a quarterback who struggles from time to time in Mitch Trubisky, or you're going to get yourself a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett headlining the Pittsburgh Steelers offense in 2022. When you look at what basically Najee Harris did last season, I mean, we're going to factor in the other running backs here just a little bit. 1,583 yards on the ground, 411 carries, 3.9 yards per carry, and 10 touchdowns. That was basically all Najee Harris last year. Behind Harris, you got guys like Benny Snell. You got Anthony McFarlane. You got Trey Edmonds. If Najee Harris goes down to Pittsburgh's running game, it is in trouble. Can Snell run for a good game here and there? Sure, I bet you he could, but I'm not trusting it. A team that we know can run the ball as well as anybody is the San Francisco 49ers. <clears throat> 2,166 yards on the ground, 4.3 yards per carry, 22 touchdowns. And they had a little bit of a, a committee approach there too. Elijah Mitchell, he heads that committee. When he's healthy, he's going to get the ball. Problem was, he missed quite a bit of time because of injury last year. And when he was in the lineup, he may not have been 100% of times, but he was still getting work done. After him, it gets interesting because who's that RB2? Is it Tyron Davis-Price? Is it Jeff Wilson? Yeah, is it Trey Sermon? I don't know. This is where the camp battle is going to be fun to watch. Who emerges as that RB2 for the 49ers? Because, you know, typically Shanahan likes to use the running back who's having the most success. So behind Elijah Mitchell, the next running back up of these three who gets an opportunity to get in there when Mitchell goes down is going to find themselves successful. The Seattle Seahawks, a little bit of a changing of the guard there. Chris Carson couldn't get right last year. He's got that hip injury. I'm not expecting him to play in 2022 either. Luckily for them, a running back they selected in the first round a couple of seasons ago finally got his career going here last year, and that's Rashad Penny finally getting a little bit of work done, looking like that first-round running back that the Seahawks maybe thought he was way back when. Now, Seattle... Ran the ball 413 times, 2,074 yards, 18 touchdowns. How's that work going to work out between uh, Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker here in 2022? Well, I think you're going to see yourself a 60-40 Penny split off the get-go that'll 
make itself more of a 50-50 by about halfway through the season. And I think Kenneth Walker is going to emerge as the more valuable asset between the two because I think he's going to get a little bit more of that play when we get in the red zone. They're going to want to showcase him a little bit more. But hey, Penny's going to go a little bit later in drafts. I guarantee you when you're doing a startup draft, when you're doing a redraft here, I guarantee you Kenneth Walker is going to get drafted ahead of Rashawn Penny. So maybe Penny has a little bit more value there. I mentioned Chris Carson is at number three. Kind of running back, I don't expect him to play. And then you got Travis Homer and you got DJ Dallas kind of rounding out that four or five battle there. Who could potentially be the RB3, depending on Chris Carson's situation as the season progresses? Now, moving along to Tampa Bay, hey, the Buccaneers, they have Leonard Fournette, who is going to give you RB1 type numbers here in 2022. So let's forget about everyone else basically on this backfield for the Buccaneers. This is going to be Leonard Fournette's swan song. He's only got a couple seasons left in what he's got going on there. Big running back, bruising running back, has put up the numbers the last couple of seasons. He catch the ball out of the backfield. And for the Buccaneers, they don't run the ball a whole heck of a lot. Last year, they ran 385 times, 1,672 yards, 5.1 yards per attempt, along with a whopping 18 touchdowns in those 385 carries. Fournette, he's going to get a lot of that play. Then you got an interesting battle here at the RB2 position because you got Gio Bernard and you got Rashad White. The rookie to me is the better receiver of these two. You've got Leonard Fournette who's going to pound that rock. So who's that running back who's going to be that pass catcher? Well, for me, it's going to be Rashad White. He's got a bigger body. If you're looking for that running back to kind of split out a little bit wide, run those slants, I want to go with the bigger running back, and that's Rashad White. Gio Bernard, you're going to be my number three here. And then you got Keyshawn Vaughn. Remember him? The Buccaneers don't. When we talk about running backs that definitely don't need no introduction, you've got yourself King Henry himself, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. Hey, this offense runs through Derrick Henry. Let's be honest here about this. 551 rushing attempts last year, 2,404 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, 23 touchdowns. And guess what? Derrick Henry missed some time. So what happens if Derrick Henry misses again? Well, welcome rookie Hassan Haskins. This is your opportunity. I have you as the RB2 in Tennessee right now, and I think this is where you're going to get a little bit of play. Now, I don't expect Henry to miss time like he did last year, but if you are to miss time, Hassan Haskins, he's the next man up because Dontrell Hilliard and Trenton Cannon, they don't do it for me. When we look at the last team that we need to look at here, the Washington Commanders. Yes, the Washington Commanders. It still does not feel right to say this. I, I'm sorry. It just it Something just doesn't quite resonate with me when we talk about them now when we look at their backfield Antonio Gibson has been good the last two seasons he's got a thousand yard season there he's got a 10 plus touchdown season there I mean he can when he's healthy he is a good running back a lot of people forget he hasn't been a running back very long basically he didn't become a running back until he got to the NFL so not a lot of tread on the tires as far as that's concerned but hey right behind him You've got Brian Robinson. Now, a lot of fantasy managers are like, oh, no, what happened here? Why are we going? Why is Brian Robinson coming here to meddle things up? Hey, Robinson, he's been a true professional going all the way in Alabama. They're sitting behind Najee Harris for a couple seasons, biding his time. And you better believe he's biding his time behind Antonio Gibson. If Gibson slips up, Brian Robinson is going to be able to step up. And I think he could outproduce Gibson. Maybe not in 2022, but I think by 2023, we're going to be looking at this backfield a little bit differently. Now, you've still got your pass catcher there, J.D. McKissick. Brian Robinson is not going to affect that. Brian Robinson is not a guy to get confused with a pass catching running back. And Gibson, eh, Gibson can get you some catches on the backfield from time to time. But when they need to throw the ball, J.D. McKissick's the guy who's going to get the call. 
And behind them, Jared Patterson, who's only going to find himself a role if and when Gibson and Robinson go down. So it's going to take both those backs to go down for Jared Patterson to get any kind of play there. Now, with that all being said, that's kind of a breakdown here right now of these backfields, these depth charts, and how they all kind of sort themselves out. Now, if you head over to the Patreon right now, you'll be able to see all these depth charts live, updated all the time. But just kind of a quick little look down. And when we look at these backfields as they are right now, the easiest strength of schedule here for running backs, go to Chicago, Denver, Miami, Jacksonville, and the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals, I guess. That's the top six favorable running back schedules. Now, on the back end of things, some of these backs that you may want to avoid from 26 down, you got Carolina, they come in at 26. You got New York Giants coming in at 27. The LA Rams at 28. The Houston Texans at 29. Philadelphia Eagles, 30th most difficult schedule. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they come in at 31. And the Atlanta Falcons, they come in at 32. So those are some backfields that you may want to avoid next season, heading in 2022 draft. I mean, you're, there's going to be backs you're going to take because talent often wins out. But just want to give you a heads up. You can get that. You can take a look at that here on the heat check here on our Patreon. We'll drop that link below if you're watching this on the YouTube. And if you're watching us on the Patreon, Thanks a lot for supporting us. We'll see you next time. Take care.